welcome to Intentional Inclusion with the Diversity Doctor, your weekly dose of diversity and inclusion content with me, your host, Dr. Donna Dehan. I want to help as many organisations as possible create people-centred businesses because I know that when your people thrive, so too does your bottom line. I'm here to help you move from professing an interest in DNI to implementing practices that will change the way you do business for the better. So, if you're looking to truly make an impact with your DNI efforts, you're in the right place, my friend. Every week, I will give you the perfect mix of theory and practice to help you create a business where everyone and your bottom line can thrive. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode of Intentional Inclusion with me, the Diversity Doctor. I am so grateful that you are here. Thank you for taking the time to listen to what I have to say this week. I want to talk about what I think is coming in the future. Um, I'm not a clairvoyant, but in terms of my experience as a DNI researcher, educator, and consultant. I like to take some time to think about trends, what's happened in the past, to try and get ahead of what's coming, right? Because life changes, things are always changing. So I want to take some time to, well, I have taken some time to consider what I think are going to be the trends, um, the changes, the way that diversity and inclusion is evolving in 2024. And in this week's episode, I want to share that with you because I believe that having that awareness can help us lean in to create more impact. And that is what I'm about this year. So I've narrowed it down to four key trends that I can see coming in terms of, or at least four trends that I think will have an an impact on impact. That's not very good, is it? That will influence the amount of impact (laughs) that we have. And I promise I will look back um, at my end of year reflection and see um, how close to the mark I was. So let's dive in. What are the four key trends that I think are going to be significant for us, those of us that work in diversity and inclusion this year? Um, Number one. So my first trend that I think um, that I believe is going to have an impact this year in terms of diversity and inclusion. I believe that talent attraction is about to get personal or at least it needs to get personal diversity and inclusion for me is the vessel the vehicle through which we can achieve organizations where everybody and the bottom line thrive and you know the way we do work just doesn't work anymore in my opinion the whole kind of nine to five which is now what eight to six five days a week hustle, um, change your desk. And I'm talking sort of corporate. Obviously, there's different types of work out there, but I'm predominantly talking about sort of corporate structures. Um, This kind of machine working is a hangover from the industrial age, and we are not there anymore. So why are we intent on trying to do business the same way? It's not working. And I love listening to thought leaders such as Simon Sinek and Stephen Bartlett on topics to do with sort of work and the future of work. Um, 
they've got some great podcasts i'll link uh i'll link uh, to, to them if this is a topic that you're interested in for me the point is that the way we do work doesn't serve in my opinion anybody but doesn't serve the mass majority and this is where i want to sort of blow away dni for for a moment i want to put that aside for a moment because everybody everybody and your organization's bottom line thrive when we create diverse and inclusive organizations okay i want to take a moment to move away from um white men are not the enemy we're all in this together okay so everybody benefits if we feel like we can be our authentic self that we can come to work um without worrying about the pressures of conformity or fitting in or um that the, the the weight of responsibility of trying to balance work and personal life, um, if we can just get rid of all of that, if we can just look at what is it that I want you to do today, Donna? What is it that I need you to achieve? To achieve? What is it that Donna is going to contribute? Oh, that's weird, talking about myself in the third person. What is it that we need to contribute, we need to achieve today in order to move our business forward? What are those things? What did you hire me for? How am I contributing my brilliance, my expertise? What is it that you want from me? How can I, how can I give that to you, the organization? Okay, and then, and then in what way? So I know personally that I am far more productive when I listen to my body, when I work within the rhythms of my own energy flow. And I can knock out content, I can write strategies, I can create training resources when I'm in that flow. When I'm not, so you try and sit me down four o'clock in the afternoon, oh, I don't really make a lot of sense. Um, I'm tired, um, I'm not creative. That's not to say that at that time of day I just stop working. Sometimes I do, sometimes I go for a walk at that time of day. Um, or I'll do more admin related tasks, but I know that my energy flows and how to work within that. And I can hear you saying, okay, that's great, Donna, but you know, I've got a team of, I don't know, 20 people. How do I make that work? It is possible. And that, that's not the purpose of this uh, podcast episode. I'll dive into that another time. My point, which I've digressed a little bit from, is that we are individuals. We are all human beings. We are all individuals. Um, we work in different ways. We bring different energy. Our brains function in different ways. We communicate in different ways. So this whole rigid construct of organizational working and life, uh, working sort of, this is how we do things around here, doesn't serve the vast majority of us. Okay, so with that in mind, Recruitment needs to get personal. So who you invite into your organization is important. The great resignation, COVID, all of these kind of big impactful things that have happened in the last few years has hopefully taught us that one size does not fit all, that we have these different needs and wants. I think there's too many organizations that are offering standard packages to new hires that this sort of off-the-shelf approach that doesn't land anymore. Um, I might want the bonus. I might want flexible working hours. I might want 
childcare um, provided for from the organization. I might want um, share options. I might need X, Y, and Z. So this whole kind of, here's my one standard package. I'm going to offer it to you, take it or leave it. You know what? You're going to have more people leaving it. So we need to get personal. We need to understand that. And can we just take a minute to say, it's not just parents, females who have babies who need to be flexible. Okay, let's just, that's so outdated now. Anybody might want flexible working hours. Anybody might want to start later, leave earlier, uh, to go for a walk, to take a gym class because it helps with their mental health. Um, what they're, they're looking after a, a parent or a partner or something like life is complicated, right? Life is busy and it's complicated and we're all spinning lots of plates. So we need to um, move away from this categorization that women want. Okay, no, people want. Maybe more women want it than men. But again, I I want to stop putting people in boxes. I want to stop labeling. I want to have language to talk about things. And so um, I believe that creating an attraction that is personal, a talent attraction process that is personal, that makes people feel like I am seen, okay? I am valued. You heard me. If you want a psychological safe um, culture within your organization where people feel like they can challenge the status quo, they can contribute to innovation, those kind of things, which, you know, even Google says that that's psychological safety is the key ingredient for high-performing teams. If you remotely want that, it has to start at the recruitment process. So, You have to listen to potential candidates. You have to hear them, see them. This is a relationship. And I think that's a key thing. Like me working with you for you is a relationship and it needs to be more balanced. Okay. It's not this one-sided, you'll come and you'll do this in X, Y, Z. No, no, thank you. I'm moving on. And I hope that anybody listening to this um, feels empowered to do that. Okay. Not to stay in toxic work environments, and I and I look, I completely get that we need paychecks and there were times when we've had to stay. I've stayed in toxic work um, cultures longer than I wanted to in the past. I understand this is a bigger picture thing. So please, um, you know, I, I understand that there are lots of different individual needs and wants and requirements. This is a bigger picture thing. I believe that organizations need to start recognizing individuals the individual within us that wants to come and work for the organization. You can't ask, you can't hire me because of my individual brilliance if you don't care about the fact that that brilliance comes with individual needs, for example. Okay, so number one trend for me is that attraction is going to have to get personal. I believe that organizations that have this light bulb moment, this cultural shift, that one size does not fit all are going to survive in the future. They are going to lead the way. This personalized touch, okay, it's going to make a difference. So that's where I see huge change coming. And I don't think enough organizations are catching on quick enough. Um, So I'm putting that out there for you. (laughs) You work within an organization, you're like, oh, it's kind of, maybe we could do something about this. 
I believe it's going to be a game changer, personalizing experience, and it's going to start with the recruitment attraction phase. Okay, trend two, and this kind of follows on from this. Uh, this is a big, big thing for me. Um, and I'll probably do a whole podcast episode, separate podcast episode on it. Personalized pipelines. One size does not fit all. Okay, so stop trying to put every single employee through the same system to get to the same point and then wonder why the end of your pipeline is homogenous. I mean, just take a moment. If you want something different at the end of your pipeline, and by pipeline, I mean from the moment we uh, employ somebody through the stages of promotion and retention and progression through the organization. That's what I'm talking about when I mention pipeline. We know that the top of, a, of an organization, the hierarchy, the top of an organization is not as diverse. So even when organizations talk about that, uh, their diverse population, it tends to be in certain areas of the organization. We want diverse representation across an organization and therefore the pipeline needs to facilitate this. So we know that the C-suite is very homogenous. It's very underrepresented. Well, that's because to get to the top of your organization, to get to your C-suite, I have to travel your pipeline. And your pipeline, and I'm sure this has not been an intentional act, your pipeline has been designed for one type of person. The type of person will be the people that are at your C-suite, right? So imagine you're literally trying to get a group of things, people from here to there. This is a podcast, but I am recording this as well. From one point to the next, from the start of your organization to the end of your organization, the top, from the bottom to the top. You lose diverse representation every step of the way. We know this, organizations are hemorrhaging talent, Um, because your pipeline has been designed for one type of person to survive and thrive in that pipeline. So take a moment to have a look at the end, the top of your pipeline. What does the demographic profile look like there? And if it looks homogenous, if everybody looks the same, then there is an issue with your pipeline. So we need to change that. Now, What I advocate for, and I've done this with my one-to-one clients, is establishing a personal pipeline. And not necessarily a different one for each of your 500 employees, different options. So we need to consider how can, what would work to get this type of person from A to B? What do they need? What training do they need? How long do they want to stay in a particular um, level of the organization what working um, hours flexibility uh, team size etc etc is going to work for that particular group of people to get them to there okay so I don't know imagine oh, I'm coming up with this now an analogy the difference between a petrol car and a electric car um, I can get in both of those cars and travel from the Netherlands where I live to the UK, which is my home. Um, But I would have to take a different route and make different stops and choices along the way in order to get from my house to my mum's house in those two different vehicles, right? Because the petrol car 
Um, I know I can drive so far on a tank, but I probably need to stop and refuel. Um, an electric car, depending on whether it's hybrid or what type of car it is, I'm going to make need to make different stops along the way. Think of your pipeline in that same way. We're not all in a petrol car. Some of us are in a hybrid. Some of us are in an electric car. So we can still get from A to B, but the route is going to be different. Okay, maybe things like stopping to refuel, things like traffic, things like, do I want to stop and stay overnight? How far can I travel in one go, etc. So we need to plan these journeys differently. And that's the personalized pipeline. It's also about considering the fact that, again, we're individuals and as an organization, as leaders of an organization, I would assume, I would hope you want me to be functioning in my zone of excellence because that's where I'm adding the most value to your organization when I am in my zone of excellence. So that's, um, it's comfortable, but I'm not in my comfort zone because I'm not, you know, it's not challenging. It's not pushing. It's not, you know, so that sweet spot of my zone of excellence, what skills do I have that are valuable to you? So I might be absolutely brilliant Um, a technical brain or IT or or something along those lines. I'm not, but imagine that I was. Um, I'm absolutely brilliant at that. I can create programs. I can do create products or or whatever it is, Um, but I don't have any leadership skills. I'm not a people person. But in order for me to progress through your organization, the only option in front of me is to be, is to lead a group. Why? When... I'm not going to be a good leader. My team is not going to function very well. I don't have the skills. You didn't hire me because I'm a great leader. You hired me because I'm a great programmer. Um, So why is that my next option? How can I progress? How can I continue to develop my skills? How can I continue to contribute to the organization and feel a sense of progression if that is what I want? How can I do that in a way that doesn't require me to be a leader when that I'm not I'm not a leader I don't have the skills I don't have the resources you're not going to train me you didn't hire me for that so taking a moment to consider why you have these brilliant people within your organization what are you asking them to do personalized pipeline and also appreciating that not everybody wants to progress again it's okay to have people in their zone of excellence at level two of your organization and value them just as much as you value the people that are level five of your organization, okay? It's not that they failed. It's not that they're not as good at the leaders or the, uh, I don't know, the partners or whatever it is within your organization. Value individuals, find their sweet spot, support them in that sweet spot because that's where they're contributing value to your organization and that's where they're going to feel valued, okay? So trend one was personalized recruitment, attraction, Um, Trend two that I see coming in 2024 that I believe will make a complete difference to how organizations function is personalized pipelines. Now, something a little bit different, uh, trend three um, that I can see coming in, I suppose this is because of my mix of background, is um, employee-led learning. So I'm seeing, unfortunately, I'm seeing... um, CDOs, chief diversity officers, uh, turnover rates really quickly. Organizations are not investing in DNI leads as much as they were a few years ago. HR departments are becoming leaner. Um, 
we're strip we seem to be stripping down um on the sort of people focused part of an organization your organization might not have its own learning and development department or team um in which case or even if that is the case i think employee led development education is so important and it kind of comes back to this understanding that individuals are individuals right so adapting and creating curating creating um education that is more personalized to needs of your employees um and thinking about the last example that i just shared with you if you do need people if 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 to progress in your organization i end up being in a management leadership role have you given me any training to do that okay because it's not it's not we're not just leaders because we've been with you for a period of time leadership has its own unique skills and competencies so you hired me with these skills and competencies and now you're expecting me to do a job that requires these skills and competencies are you giving me the support that i need in order to do that are you training me up in a way that can do that so i think it's really important to offer employee led um educational training programs i see that as a key trend for again making people feel seen heard value being able to be their authentic self and moving around a little bit more within organizations so thinking about the last trend that i talked about not this rigid first you come in here and then you take a step here and then you become a leader and then you stay there for 3 years and then you move to here what if i start on um this side of your organization and then i want to move across and work in a different team and that's where i'm learning so this adaptability flexibility that is key for organizational survival the ability to adapt and be flexible in order to you know keep up with external influences and trends that are happening we need to make our employees uh, resilient and strong in these areas and so that's where i believe um employee led training comes in and also really specific in terms of from a dni perspective things like um our meetings are great examples of micro cultures okay so in a meeting we will see um a sort of subculture of an organizational culture and it might be a great psychologically safe culture where people feel like within a meeting they can speak up they can challenge the status quo and um, things are achieved people see, feel seen and valued everybody leaves the meeting knowing what they need to contribute great or meetings can be places where um the same voices speak up um there's there can be microaggressions there can be biases there might be um sort of an uncomfortable feeling or yeah jokes that don't land people leave feeling like i don't even know why i was invited to that meeting i have no idea what i need to do next so employee led um training can also help dive into specific areas again skills and competencies how many of us were ever taught how to run meetings it's just something that organizations assume we know how to do and that we'll just do it the same with leadership give me the skills and competencies in order to run um efficient effective inclusive meetings now i'm not saying that you need to bombard your employees with endless trainings right we've we've learned a lot about how to train within organizations sort of bite-sized nudges little 
online, different sort of engagement tasks, gamification, education. There's lots of different ways to do it. I'm not saying we spend, you know, four hours in a room talking about something. There's lots of different ways to do this, to make it feel part of the way we do things around here, feel very organic. But as leaders within organizations, I think we need to take responsibility, and I see this as a future trend, to identify the needs and to create, curate, employee-led training, okay, that is specific, that we can roll out towards our organization, um, especially in terms of moving through the awareness to action phase of the AAA framework. My final trend for 2024 is the intersection between diversity and inclusion and artificial intelligence, so DNI and AI. Um, in 2023, I mean, I, I am hands up, you know, I am the least technical person you will find. Like if you want to test whether technology can be used by dummies, I am your guinea pig because I literally struggle to turn on the TV. Like <laughs> I'm always asking my children, I don't understand. How do I get from this app to that app? Or what is this platform? Like it's not, it's absolutely not my zone of excellence okay but even I am engaging with AI just because I don't understand something I was reading in Stephen Bartlett's book last night the diary of the CEO uh, the the significance of leaning in so I have I, I automatically have a tendency to lean out from anything that's um, technology I don't even know if that's the right word yeah AI, anything like that, tech, I, I, I have the automatic impulse to lean out. I am literally a pen and paper post-it, old school kind of girl. So anything like this makes me feel like I want to lean out. And as Stephen Bartlett says in his brilliant book, uh, The Diary of CEO, leaning out is going to leave us behind. Just because we don't understand something, just because something feels scary, feels unknown, is not a reason to lean out. In fact, when those feelings come up within us, we need to lean in, okay? That's when we need to understand more. We need to educate ourselves. We need to lean into the discomfort. Sit there, spend time, become aware, okay? The AAA framework. We need to spend time in the awareness phase of the things that make us feel uncomfortable. Um, AI is not going anywhere. It's uh, it's going to be there more and more. We have a responsibility to understand how to work with it um, and how to get the most out of it. Now, I'm leaning in right now. I'm not an expert. I am trying to consume, trying to understand. I'm playing with it. I'm figuring it out for myself. So I am not an expert on AI. Um, the one caveat from a DNI perspective that I would say is that, and again, I'm not an expert. My it AI is still created by something, algorithms or the data that it that it has. So I see a lot in terms of DNI of AI taking out biases in things like selection or recruitment processes. And I absolutely think there is a place for this. I think it has a role. I think it can be a game changer in this space. But somebody coded, created the AI in the first place. So I just don't want to hand over completely any sense of 
accountability for making judgments to AI at this point. Okay. And again, I'm leaning in. I'm not the expert. I don't want to just suddenly say, oh, okay. I put my um, uh, applicants uh, or their CVs and the applications through an AI system and therefore there can't be any biases anymore. In terms of awareness, if you as a human being involved in this system do not understand what the biases are, how would you know that the AI system has eradicated the biases? So in terms of the AAA framework, awareness, action, accountability, um, I believe that there is a place, I know that there is a place for AI in the work that we do, but I don't want that to negate our personal awareness of these topics. Okay, so I think that's something that I want to sort of, there is going to be a trend, we are going to see AI being used more and more. I think it's great in terms of looking at um, gender language, biases, those kind of things. Um, but we're not going to hand over responsibility. Okay, the accountability still needs to land with us, the DNI leaders within organizations. Um, so it, yes, it is a trend and it's exciting. And it scares the hell out of me because I don't understand it. So I'm leaning into it. I'm going to try and figure out. I'll try and get somebody on the podcast who is an expert that can help me understand it a little bit more. Um, but it is a trend that's coming. And like I said, just because it's scary to me or I'm not informed enough doesn't mean that I just, you know, put my fingers in my ear and the head in the sand. So I'm going to lean into it. So my friends, they are my four trends for 2024 that I'm going to keep an eye on that I believe will make an impact in what we do in terms of diversity and inclusion and how organizations are created run um yeah and so that I wanted to share that with you so as a recap personalization I believe is key okay I believe that's key to um DNI we want to be the individuals we are individuals so organizations leaders we need to acknowledge that, okay? We're not homogenous. We're not square pegs. Square pegs in round holes is not going to get you the performance that you want. If you want an organization where individuals and your bottom line thrive, we need to have an individual approach. And that's in terms of attraction and in terms of pipelines. Okay, so I think those two things are really important. Employee-led education is another key trend that I'm going to be looking at, at as we're losing DNI leads as HR teams are becoming leaner, we still need to help with the awareness and action part of the AAA framework. And I believe employee-led education is going to come into that. And the um, overlap, the synchronicity between DNI and AI, I think is going to be an exciting trend in 2024. So that's my wrap up. And in terms of, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Do you agree? Do you see other trends coming? Is your organization already um there are you already using ai in your dni efforts and and let me know maybe you're the person i need to get on the podcast to help me um figure this out so please get in touch leave me a comment engage in this conversation if you see different trends coming let me know let's really sort of dive into this and share our thoughts and feelings so that we can look back in 12 months time and uh know how close to the mark we were Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Um, I wish you a great week and I can't wait to uh, speak to you again next week. Bye-bye. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this episode useful, please hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please share with someone who you think may benefit from the content discussed today. Remember, there's always useful links included in the show notes that will take you directly to additional, relevant, value-packed resources. So please take a moment to check them out. That's it for this week. Again, thank you for being intentionally inclusive. Until next week, my friend. Thank you.